1: Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. great dribble
1: by Don Vose, and still, Vose. he gets, past another, oh, what a goal! Don Vose. one of the goals of the season, he has toyed totally with the defense there, and that is remarkable, the ball Boys boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goalscorer, 13 for the season, 14, Wrexham lead, it's Wrexham one. Chester Hill! It's McDonough for Wrexham, still Jerry McDonough, it's quite coming in, McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies!
0: If yesterday was a block...
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay, joined once again by Nathan Salt. And, Nathan, we've got a very special guest on today's pod as well. Uh, you said you wanted to introduce yourself before we you started, so who is our special guest today?
0: Yeah, it's Jordan White, formerly of uh, Wrexham. Um, yeah. well, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: And how are you doing anyway, George? I mean, we're recording this, as, as Nick said before we came on, the day that Scotland have played their Euros opener. Uh, we won't be talking about international football too much, but are you doing
0: okay? Yeah, all good, all good. I mean, it was a bit of a dampener on the day, but, I mean, we'll, we'll get there on the end, hopefully beat England on Friday, and that'll be sound.
1: Yeah, well, you have all your former Wrexham fans as well they are sort of uh, cheering you on for that one as well, don't we? It's like the, the one unity we all have in common, isn't it? The yeah. The United, so... Uh, we'll That's what So yeah, today's pod, as as Nate says, all about your your time at Wrexham, that solitary season, but a a lot (laughs) happened in that season, and I guess, like I said, we take it all the way back there for Wrexham fans to 2016, it was under Gary Mills, their second season under Gary Mills, a lot of players were released, the whole sort of nucleus of the squad went, and we had a lot of new arrivals, you were one of them, in terms of your actual move to Wrexham Jordan, you had a really good two years at Livingston beforehand, and you were playing some of the best football of your career, really, from, from our point of view, and You joined, we wanted a number nine, a big number nine arrives. How did the move come about in the first place? Was it interest from any other clubs or or, or Wrexham was sort of the main one?
0: Uh, I I had interest for a couple of clubs down south. And um, for me, when I heard about Wrexham, obviously, I I didn't know too much, but I just knew Wrexham, it's got a big heritage, a big club, big fan base. And it's like, um, it's a it's a one club town, do you know what I mean. So I knew it was exciting for me when I heard when I heard that. And I thought, it's, I'll be honest, I thought it, it could be a really good platform to go and propel my career. And the a club besides the and wanting to get back in the EFL, um, it was a no brainer for me. I just thought, do you know, I think I need to go and try my hand kind of down in England and and well Wales as it was and um, and take it from there. You'd kind
2: of, you'd you'd bounced around a bit at the beginning of your career, Jordan, and then you did well at Sterling Albion and and then at Livingston, and and you'd you'd been like, you know, you'd taken the armband and you were quite a leader of that team, winning all their awards. Like you said about propelling your career, did you always think, I've got to sort of go down south to maybe boost my profile or,
0: you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, I I think it was, obviously, I I would, uh, if I could have went to the Scottish Premiership at that time, um, then I maybe would have looked at that as well. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but the the opportunity there was sniffs here and there, but the opportunity just didn't come about. And when Wrexham came about, it was, you know, it's like it's when you get a concrete offer and you have got to make a decision. And I, I made the decision to go down there. Like I say, the, the size of the club, although it was in the although in the National League, that's um, club the size of Wrexham. It's it's hard to come down.
2: What, what were you sort of sold? What was the what sort of vision were you sold on when you came? I'm assuming you had conversations with Gary and, and whatnot about yeah. obviously promotion is, is always our aim every season. Was that kind of what yeah. you were told?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, obviously they, they had the, the plans to get promoted. They wanted to try and bring in as many quality players as they could and, and give it the best go. I knew it was never going to be easy at all. But I, I don't know. There was just something that I, it felt like the right fit for me. Um I I just when you see a club that obviously I have grew up grew up a Rangers fan and um not like a diehard Rangers fan and I know what it means to proper support your club and then um, when you see a club like outside something like Rangers or even Celtic and because up here, like you, you've got your big clubs. But I mean, Wrexham's like you. you it's just massive. Like you, there's no many teams up here that we compete in terms of size of club, fan base, um, the whole. It's got everything. Um, and I just, for me, it was just it was the right fit uh, for me. And I, I thought we, I thought we could give it a right go.
2: What was your living situation when you moved down? Did you move down with all the family? Did you move into you know one of the player homes or what, what was that
0: situation? No, i I, I moved down with uh, my wife as she is now. Um, so I moved down. We we just rented a place. It was actually it was in Chester. We rented. Um, we'll let you off. And, yeah, I It was it was it was nice for a living, but that was about it. Um, no, but we, so we we stayed there, and um, that 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 was ideal. So at the start, before. Obviously, I went into the hospital or whatever. I, everyone felt good. I felt good in myself. Like you say, I was probably in the best form of my career up to then. Uh, and I really felt like I, I could have kicked on.
1: You mentioned earlier, obviously, the, the illness, which we'll come on to in a minute. So at the start of pre-season, did you did you feel that you were playing the best football in your career at that stage? And that this was going to be that, that new chapter where, you know, you're going to hit the ground running and, and get to meet the new lads and... To, yeah, did guys, make it clear that you're gonna be integral to everything we did that season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was when I came down. I was really confident. I, I was. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of go out of my comfort zone as well. Like I'd never really been away from home as such. I, I'd been over to Ireland for a brief spell when I was younger, um, for about four months. Um, but I felt like I was moving away. It was. It was a big challenge and. Um, there I knew there was going to be expectation on my shoulders because I know I know what it's like at club at Exham, and you come in especially. I wanted the number nine shirt, um, and I know with that it comes expectations, and and you can be judged if you if you don't get off the off the mark early, and I I knew that, but I was prepared to take that step, and and that's in terms of coming down that's drawn me to it. I wanted that challenge,
2: and, and obviously there's so much. Positivity, as well. like Rich said, a lot of us were thinking, you know, just as the first impression, you're, you're very tall and uh, you know, big number nine, and, and what we wanted, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, I, I guess it's no time like the present to talk about the 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 illness. Really, I mean, you'd, you'd been on yeah. holiday, you'd had a bit of a break, and then yeah. just 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 talk us through, just talk us through how it played out because there'll be some fans that, that don't quite remember just how quick it escalated for you.
0: Yeah, I, I think. Um... It was quite bizarre. We were in Nottingham for a pre-season kind of. It was a pre camp there, and then we'd played Nottingham Forest on the it was just kind of behind closed doors on the. I think it was a Wednesday, and then I tra- travelled back to home after that. I think we'd been there maybe three or four days, and I felt I I felt a wee bit of tightness in my kind of groin area, but I'm, like it's pre-season, so you're just thinking that it's just a wee bit. of, Wearing and tear, I'll, I'll be fine, I'll, I'll kind of get through it. I, I remember I went for a bath that night cause just to ease my legs off, and I was I was, I, you know, I was was kind of stiff or whatever, but I like I say, it was just because we had a pre-season camp, and it was always going to be like that. And then I just remember going to bed that night, and I woke up during the night, and like, I tried to turn over on, like just on my side, and I just couldn't do it. I was just like, hey, what's going on here? And then I like, obviously started to panic a wee bit. Um, and I just, I couldn't couldn't move, move my legs. It was bizarre. It was incredible. When did you realise
1: that, for the first time, that this is something that is really serious? Did, did, it, did it establish itself like, straight away? Like you said, at first maybe it seemed like it was just a pre-season sort of niggle, but when yeah. did it get to the stage that you realised that, that there was something a bit more sinister at play?
0: Well, I... I'd been I went to the, the hospital that like I could I was crawling down the stairs. I couldn't couldn't walk down the stairs. My my wife, she was helping me all the way. Like I don't know how we managed to get there, but we did. Uh, and I knew straight away when I went to the hospital, I knew that they would just say, Oh, it's just gonna be a muscle injury or whatever, but I knew it was something different. I was like nah, like this isn't I can't move my legs, like this is not and it was really painful as well. And um the I think I ended up going to the hospital about I think it was four or five times I'd went every day because I was like oh, this isn't getting better um, and they just they never took my bloods or anything and I think it was on the so that happened on the Wednesday night and it wasn't till the Sunday night that I was just I was a wee bit like lifeless in terms of because I, I, I don't I, I really get sick or anything so obviously my my wife, she was a bit concerned, phoned the ambulance, and that's when they took my my, my bloods. And then um, they said, obviously, I had an infection. Um, and it was just f- from there, it kind of spiraled a wee bit.
2: Talking about, you know, your, that sort of paralysis is probably the best word. I mean, I'm sort of stating yeah. the obvious here, but, but how fearful were you when, when you know, touch wood that, that doesn't happen to any of, of us or you yeah. or yourself again? But it must be very scary for your partner and, and for yourself that your legs normally work and, and that suddenly they're not working walk- mm. working and it's, it must have been very sort of terrifying those first few trips or that first night where you re- really couldn't figure out what the hell's going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was more frustration at uh, my part, I think. In terms of worrying, it was probably the worst for my family and uh, my wife. My so they, they were getting all the kind of information from the doctors and they were telling me it, but I never... so. It got to a stage where I was. It, they were saying it was nearly fatal, but I never felt like it was ever being going to be like that. Do you know what I mean? It never to me. And like, looking back now, I never thought. Oh, I, I thought like I was. I was ill. I wasn't right, but I thought I'd be fine. But I think I, I probably didn't realise how serious it actually was mm. until they were kind of telling me that. Um, but but yeah. So it was it was a case that I was trying to stay optimistic. Um I knew I probably needed antibiotics to try and calm the infection down. So I thought it was just a case of getting the right antibiotics and I'll be back in a few weeks, maybe a month at the latest. So I was like, ah, that's not too bad. I can I can get through that. Uh, and then the doctor said, listen, the antibiotics are taking some of the inflammation away, but um there's like, basically like a uh, poison I think it was that's getting close to my hip bone so they they're going to have to operate and I was just like oh. so that's when I kind of panicked I was like oh, so how long is that going to be and then the first thing he said he says oh you'll not be playing before Christmas and this was in July and I was like oh. I just I didn't know how to take it I've never been injured or anything in my life and and I was just I was just gutted I was like how can this happen we came down here and Everything's been so positive, and then, and then that happened, and it was it was a bit of a blow. It was. And
1: I mean, obviously, the, the, it's a very point. Maybe in the modern world as well that you know the, the mental toll that football has on on individuals as well, not just the physical toll as well. How were you supported by by the club at the time? Did you feel like they like they, they were doing all they could and reassuring
0: you about about the plans they still had for you when you, when you would be fit? No, absolutely. They, they, listen, in the club were great. They... Um, I've never got a bad word to say about the club I thought they were they were excellent with me my, my t- full time there so I can't I can't ever say anything bad about that at all um, they were great, they were good with my my rehab and I, and I got back quicker than I expected um, but looking back on it um, I think I came back too soon I, I, because I think for I, I came back, it was maybe the end of November and I think probably December and January, I was playing through, every game I was playing through a pain barrier, whereas because my groin wasn't quite strong enough, it, it wasn't sore. It wasn't um, stopping me from playing. But like any time I would strike the ball, I would feel a, a twinge. But I knew I wasn't pulling anything. I knew it was just because it was weak and it, I had to build it up. But I was that desperate just to get back and get back playing in hindsight if I'd taken another month or two to, to strengthen it, I maybe would have come back better sooner um, and it wasn't really till the latter stages where I, I felt that I found my feet again and got back on top. Uh, how, how
2: difficult is it, you know, you see it more and more at non-league level where the manager who signs you gets sacked mid-season, obviously we don't necessarily yeah. see that same kind of longevity. Especially in your case, you didn't really get a chance to prove yourself under Gary. But what did you make of Gary Mills as, as kind of as just as a manager in your time with him?
0: Yeah, well, what like you say there, I, I think you can. If a manager signs you and then gets a sack, it's it's never good because for for you as a player, sometimes the grass isn't greener. It's, it could be somebody in who doesn't like you, wants all their own players. Um, but at the same time, if you've played a number of games under that manager and you've done well then you're thinking like for for example just at the moment at Ross County um, I've uh, I get signed with the manager who brought me in and now left but I've done I've done well and I know I've done enough that I'll still be in the new manager's kind of plans um, so I'm not worried about it whereas Gary Mills left and I hadn't played a game and I'm like, where does that leave me and like you say, mentally it's it's hard to cope with stuff like that. And in terms of in terms of Gary Mills, I, I actually really I know a lot of the and fans didn't really like him, and I I can understand the reasoning behind some of the stuff. I, I think there was obviously some stories as well about going to pubs and stuff. I, it was probably exaggerated uh, to a certain extent, but there would have been some truth in some of it. Um, but It just obviously wasn't to be with Gary Mills, I think. For me, he he was a really good person for me. Um, He always encouraged me, always kept my spirits up and um, he was always positive. Um, So I I can't really say a bad word about him, but um, it just didn't work out for him. And of course, you know, the fact that you do come into the, when you
1: do get like you said maybe you rushed your return a little bit but yeah. you know that's easy to say in hindsight isn't it obviously you were eager to make yeah. it for lost time as it were but I remember at the time how supportive you and all your family were from the stands and on social media at every game it was like yeah. you know having that sort of you're part of the sort of 12th man that were cheering us on yeah. and when you came back into the team did you did you recognize that there was a real need for for the role that you played because I remember that season that we had lots of strikers who were trying hard but there was just no one scoring goals consistently
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that was the thing, like, so when I eventually, because I kind of obviously I got over my illness and mentally I got over it as well. And then I kind of got myself back in the the mental state of where I ended the season before. And I thought, I, I'm really confident here. I remember, obviously, Dean Keats come in. I remember going to say to him, like, saying, I, I'm ready to play. He wasn't wanting to throw me in straight away. And I said, listen, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. I'm, I feel good. I feel confident. And... Um, that was maybe the wee bit of naivety from me because, although I, in my head I felt ready, physically I, I, I don't think I was. I, I don't think I was. So I, I was probably doing myself a bit of an injustice. Um, and then I remember, obviously, one of the, one of the first games I, I'd come on and I'd, uh, I'd done well and we got a penalty and obviously, I, John Rooney was on the penalties at the time. And I, I was just super confident, for you. before, and I was like, no, I, I remember when I first signed, I was like, no, I want to take the penalties, I, I, I'm a goal scorer, and I want to score the goals, like, a penalty is a chance to score a goal, so I remember taking the ball off him and saying, no, I'm taking it, and like, obviously he wasn't happy with me, and I was just confident, and then, it was just one of the things, obviously, I put it over the bar, I've never missed a target for a penalty in my life, and... I don't know, that was maybe just a bit, again, a bit of naivety. I was just so desperate to get my first goal for Wrexham because I was like, "Ah, that's what you want to do. And it just didn't happen. And then I probably took quite a dent in my confidence after that. And and then as the weeks kind of went on, I was thinking, I'm I'm not physically as right as I I was before. So it it was a grind. It was a grind, but I felt like I did get there in the end. and it was just disappointing for me that I couldn't stay another season.
2: How, how tricky are one-year deals for players at non-league level? Because I always think, you know, you're constantly trying to make an impression over the course of a season to make sure you get a new deal. And there's so many players fighting for contracts. And we see, we, I mean, Wrexham always see such big turnover every single season. It feels like yep. we have an entirely new squad. It it must be difficult if you know you, you already feel like you're making up for lost time. You've taken the yeah. penalty. If you score that, who knows what you know where your confidence yeah. goes. You miss it, and and suddenly it's it's a massive dent. It's really tricky for players yeah. on those one year deals. I think.
0: Yeah, as it, it I think, as um, it, it, it's horrible. It really is that. There's it's, I noticed when obviously when I came down south to play, I noticed that there's, there's such a big pool of players because if you're on a one year contract and like even, I mean, if you score 10 goals, that's, for some people, that's not enough. Do you know what I mean? You could hit double figures, like, and, and you're like, if you, you might only have played half a season, and some people might go, now, nah, and then you're sitting looking for a club, and it, it's a horrible position to be in. But on the other side of it, if you're doing really well, and you've only got a one year, it makes it easier for you to move on as well. So, you kind of got to take the good with the bad, but with the bad, but everybody knows a risk kind of before they sign anything. So you're taking that risk at the start of the season. I mean, obviously, like you said, you signed on the one-year deal. But the
1: fact that you relocated, your family moved, you know, yeah. so far away from home. Did you envisage that? You know, hopefully, even if it wasn't with Wrexham, you'd be staying sort of in the northwest area for maybe quite a, quite a few years.
0: Yeah, well, I, I had uh, I had a thing of a contract. That if I played 25 games, that I would get a new another year onto it and when I went down I was like oh, I'll 100% do that like I've, I've no problems that I'll do that so I was kind of looking at it as a two-year deal and obviously when when that happened I missed half the season I'm like how am I going I'm not going to get to the games especially like if it didn't go well when they didn't want me to get to the games at the end do you know what I mean because that that's where stuff like that comes into play. What did you make
2: of the dressing room that we had at that time? Obviously, that first Mill season, we were very—you know—we played a very good football. We had the likes of Don Vos that were doing really well for us, and yeah. we had Adriano Moke on the podcast. That second season, we had quite a different group, and and obviously Gary leaves and Dean comes in. And Dean, early on, I remember him being pretty critical of of the dressing room, and you know, saying it's not acceptable. And what was that like in terms of? The squad that we had and, and sort of how it went. I mean, you'd have obviously had a chance to observe the group we had while you were while you were out of the team.
0: Yeah. I, do you know? I think the group was. I think the group was good, but I think we had a couple of players that. Just weren't up to the standard. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to sit and name names or anything. But I think we had a couple. It was maybe a couple of, not younger boys that came through the, the youth setup or anything. Just the. Maybe younger boys that are brought in to try and get a chance, and they just they weren't really. It was more of just a signing to make a signing uh, kind of thing, and I, I think that was a disappointing thing. Um, if we had just a couple, of, I, th- I think if we had about three or more quality players, then we could have we could have done something. But it just I, I don't know. Like, I think it just didn't really click. And I think when obviously when Dean Keats came in, I think we did improve. Um, and at the end of the day, like I think that goes back to what I said about my illness. I came back too soon because then I put myself in the frame to be judged by the new manager, which was obviously Dean Keats, and I was at a disadvantage, effectively, because I was playing through a lot of injury, and or I was playing, I was playing through it where I didn't really need to do that. And then when I did hit form, effectively it was too late. And his head, and no matter what I'd done, I, I mean I think I'd had to score thirty goals in about five games to for him to say, all right, I'll, I'll give you another year.
1: Um, come on to the moments that you know I remember of you from that season. One of the moments I remember quite bizarrely is during an injury crisis when you started at centre back. Uh, how was that broached to you? That did, was that a challenge you were up for? Because like you said, you were up to make up for lost time, or was that yeah. something you like? You're not getting the best out of me.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, I was just obviously I, I was I was playing actually I was playing at that time and I was playing up front, but we were in a situation when Dean came and spoke to me and said, "Listen, we're, we're short. Like, can you play there?" And I said, "I've not really played there too much." And I said, "I've played there when I was younger, but." Like, I, I I could do a job, to be honest, like, um, I think it's quite easy to centre her back. Um, it's just, the only difficult thing for me would be obviously my position and stuff, because it's a bit alien when you're back there and you're not used to it. But, but I said that, yeah, I'll do that. And, and that's the only disappointing thing for me, because you... You get told, asked to fill, and you do, you do everything. You think you're doing everything right because at that time I was playing for a contract as well. I think Dean said uh, you've got all the. I think it was the last ten games to prove yourself to like all the players that were there, and then that last ten games was my best form for Wrexham. Like I, that's when I was I really came into my own. And like I say, like he, he asked me to play there, and I, I could have easily said no, I'm not, I'm not playing centre back. I'm not going to make it an ask myself kind of thing. Um, but I said no, I'll do that. I'll do it for the team and. things like that it's like you don't really get a thanks for it in the end but I mean that's football and football is as cutthroat as it can get
2: Now I hope you're enjoying today's episode as always you can get in touch on our socials our Twitter is at Rob Ryan Red and our email address is robryanred at gmail.com and if you are new and this is your first time listening to myself and Rich. Do go back and check out the old episodes. We've got Curtis obeng talking about the ninety eight point season. We've had Adriano Mokon talking about working with Don Vose and Gary Mills. We've also had Adrian Chislevich john talking about the FA Trophy Final. So do go back through the catalogue and check those. Right, back to the episode. What, what did you make of Dean, your your impressions of Dean? Because again he's you know not long gone. His, his contract his contract not been renewed and and Wrexham fans, you know, fiercely debate Dean, you know, how, did he do well with with very little yeah. or did he underachieve? Obviously, we missed out dramatically on the playoffs. I'm sure you saw that. So what were your impressions of him and his man-management skills?
0: See, it, it was hard because all the boys that were there, obviously he brought a few in, but we weren't his players. So effectively, like, he could, he could have been different See, at the season after I left, he was maybe a lot different with a lot of the players because they were his signings um, than he was with us. I think um, I probably didn't really see eye to eye with him, if I'm honest. Um, I don't I don't know why that was. I, I just think he had this thing and he said that um, the standard in Scotland is not that good. Um I I think he had yeah, I, I remember speaking to him and I remember I wasn't playing at one point and I said to him I said, like, what do I need to do? because like, I was trained I started to train really well and I was like quiet, like, why, why am I not playing here? Um and he, he was like oh, I, I think you need to be a bit more f- I think it was physical or something like that. And I said, I don't know what the standard I don't think don't know what the standards is like in Scotland, but and I, I was thinking well at the end of the day I was I was playing at a good level in, in Scotland. Do you know what I mean? I was doing well. I was a captain at my team. Do you know what I mean? So don't kinda disrespect that. I think he kinda I think he did a wee bit. But at the end of the day, when when he told me he, he told me he wasn't keeping me on, he, he told me face to face, he was a man about it. And listen, that's all you can ask for. Like no matter what, I'm never gonna be bitter about it and say, Oh he's an arsehole and that or whatever it, that's football, it happens. Um, and for whatever reason, we, we just didn't really click. But did you think you ever had a
2: chance once Gary Mills had left to really win a contract, or did you think early on, I'm not going to get a contract here, whatever
0: I do? No, do you know it was weird because at first, I think, obviously because he knew I hadn't been used, he, he knew my situation, and uh, at first, I feel like he did like me and he did rate me and, and whatnot, but, what I was saying is when I came back, I, I wasn't given my best or that because I physically couldn't do it. Um, and I think he then, later on in the season, when I ended up giving near to my best, he didn't look at that. He just looked at what I did in the first part and then he kind of forgot about my illness and, and whatnot and didn't really give me that opportunity. Um, but listen, it is, it is what it is. I think... Um, I think he'd done well. I think he, he, he improved the team the, the next season. Obviously, then he left for Walsall. But there was no doubt he did. He did Im- Im- improve it. And and obviously, it hadn't worked out for him this season. Um, and he's gone. But I think when you've seen the, in terms of this season, when you've seen the takeover come ha- uh, happening, a lot of time it is a, it's inevitable that the manager would go. I think he would have had to achieve promotion for him to stay. And even at that, he might not have.
1: Yeah, exactly. You've got the, the fresh ideas. And talking about yeah. maybe, I mean, from my point of view, you're highlighting the Wrexham shirt, York away. Yeah. Re- reunited to Gary Mills. You scored two that day and Leo yeah. Smith gets the other three-one win. What were your memories mm. of that day? Because that was a real feisty encounter. And that was one where, you know, that could have been much higher up in, in the English football pyramid. I mean, that could have been sort of a league won, a championship sort of Yeah match Absolutely. That was proper intense and what was that like you know to like you said you might not have to see eye to of the margin, but just being able to yeah. give those fans a, a bloody good away day in, in a difficult season
0: that that day was i would say that was the best day that i had as a rexham player on the pitch definitely i think it was probably one of my best games as well that's scored a couple of, and i knew obviously knew going into the game that a lot of rexham fans had some bad blood with gary mills and although i got on them I wanted to kind of use that to my advantage and and really put in a performance and sometimes when you get stuff like that you, you know you can kind of make yourself a wee bit of a cult hero um, just with something like that um, and obviously that day things went well but I, I actually it's and it's something you might not think of but that was actually the the game that I thought I, I don't think Dean Keats likes me as much because I knew I'd played well. I'd also scored two goals and just sometimes you can tell the managers and in the interview after the game, I always I always remember it um, and I'm not looking for all the praise saying, oh, Jordan was amazing. I, I'm not bothered about that, but the whoever was interviewing him, I can't remember. But he was saying, "Oh, and Jordan White was really good today, or whatever." And he never really, he never acknowledged that. He just says, "Oh no, the team were brilliant." Like, and, and he never acknowledged anything I kind of done. And I remember my dad, because my dad looks into a lot of things like these things, and he was like, ah, "That's that's not good. Like he should have been kind of praising you after that." And that's when I kind of thought, mm, I, I, "I don't. I think the kind of writings on the wall for me here."
2: Players take a lot of notice of that in in the dressing room. About you know, because me and Rich have, have worked in the media and we've written some things about people that they haven't liked or they do like. Is that kind of in the dressing room? Do you see a lot of players taking advantage, taking sort of taking notice of that?
0: I think there's certain things that they definitely will. Yeah, I think there's things that you can brush off and you can just say, "Okay, oh, it's stuff said in the heat of the moment or um, or whatever, but there's some stuff that can be quite calculated and, and you can read between the lines, like, well, why has he said that? That doesn't really make sense to what he's saying. Because like, for me, um, he told us, like, I think it was the last, I'm sure it was the last seven games, it says everybody's out of contract. You're playing for a contract. And they were they were the best seven games I played for Wrexham, like that that last seven. And I don't ever I could I know I played and I, I know for a fact I played well. Um, but I'm so you you kind of just lied to us because you've realistically you made up your mind before that, which is fine. It, it ended. It's hard. It's hard being a manager. Like mm. he's not going to turn and say, "Oh, I've made up my mind," because then we would just chuck it and understand it. Um, but it was just, it was disappointing, obviously. Well, you finished
2: as our top scorer, no? I think you finished as our... Five in your last five you got. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah I he think actually finished as
2: our top yeah. scorer. So, I mean, you yeah. know, it wasn't obviously your best no, season, your most prolific, but even so.
0: No, of course, of course. And that's that was the frustrating thing for me because if I had taken that extra two months maybe be off and done more rehab, I could have come straight into that and then I would have had that, Feel good period, and I wouldn't have a, a kind of bad period in his mind, and he might go. Do you know what? I will give him another chance. So, that's but that's just how football works. And yeah. um, on a more po-
2: on a more positive note, Jordan, you talk about we always want to ask players about their experience of the race course and the fans. You know, we we can be, we know we can be insufferable and really, you know, really tricky fan base to please. But but it's also yeah. a great fan base and a great stadium and a great atmosphere. What did you make of it coming down from Scotland and you're playing at a fifth division team, which has got a huge fan base yeah. and a massive
0: stadium? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I I thrive off the fans. I really do. Like, um, see if you've got an atmosphere, like the, the atmosphere. See if it's good or bad. See if you make a mistake, and you can hear the fans all groaning. That what that makes me want to go again. So that doesn't even bother me. I, I don't I don't mind that. And I know Rexham fans at times can get frustrated and get on your back but it doesn't make me go into my shell it makes me kind of come out and because you've got that really loud atmosphere and the, the, you can just hear the passion and, and then when you score it's just there's nothing better nothing better at all. Well, I've been looking
1: at the squad before, before when you played and there's only one survivor now because Mark well, Carrenton and Paul Rutherford both sadly have yeah. been released. Um, the only one who survives is, is Jordan Davis, who has just won our Young Player of the Year and, and got goal this yeah. season as well. Do you have many memories of Jordan? I know he's only in the youth team when, when you were uh, there. He, but...
0: he was just coming. Yeah, I'm sure he was. It the did he get a move this season after? After I left, I can't remember. Um, yeah. But no, he he, he was kind of just coming through, and you could tell he had the quality. Um, and obviously, I I always, every every year since I've left, as much as I didn't really get on with Dean Keats, I always wanted Retson to do well. And I've always looked at them. It's always been a club that I really want to, I want them to be back in the EFL. I would get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Do you know what I mean? But I I would. They're a team that I I always want to do well. Um, And he's obviously, he's had a good season this year. And, He's done well and fair play to him.
2: And some others in that squad that Rich was saying, that you no, know, obviously Mark Carrington was a great servant for us, but I, I was looking at somebody like an Anthony Barry who, who's now gone on and done wonderful stuff with coaching yeah. at Chelsea. I mean, what was yeah. he like in terms of a personality? He obviously came to us as a, as a veteran really yeah. in that team at Mills and, yeah. and was he always a coach in your mind in that dressing room?
0: Yeah, well, he, he was actually, you know, he was a really good player, but I think he was doing, I remember he was doing his coaching at the time because I remember some away games, he had his laptop out and he was doing all the coaching stuff. And um, I know a few boys who have worked under him like since, and uh, like they all rave about him. They all say he's brilliant. And and he had that kind of, he had that eye. He was a good player. He he just had that kind of football brain. And do you know it was? It's funny you you say that because I thought that that could be a shout for the next Rex manager. I don't know. Is it a risk? Is it a risk because he's not managed before, I don't know, Um, but sometimes you've got to take the gamble, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, we we
2: mentioned that recently, Rich, didn't we, about, you know, I was saying that I would have been, I think, I I can't remember what episode it was, but I said I would have been quite pro-Anthony Barry. I've never had the privilege to interview him or anything like that, but all the reports you hear, I mean, I don't know which players you've known that have worked with him, but... He seems like yeah. he's very forward-thinking and progressive in in terms of how he yeah. went about it.
0: No, you know he definitely has, and I, I think um, he got in at a good time because he, I'm sure did he not retire the season after? The season after, after he yeah. went? I'm sure the he did after, because yeah. he, he, got, he got straight in with a good job. I think it was at Wigan. He was one of the first team coaches there with Paul Cook because he, he knew him and it just. He's obviously he's progressed for there, and he, I, I've heard a lot of good things about him.
2: John Rooney was another player, and he's you know, we know yeah. James Jennings as well, and we're hopeful that we can yeah. get him on eventually. And they've narrowly lost out just making the player final. But you know, it's going to be a really tough league again for Rex next year, coming up against yeah. former players. What's yeah. John like? I mean, he, he obviously, again, he splits opinion, and he was sort of. There was that awkward situation, wasn't there, Rich? Where he was, he if he had so many starts, he got a new deal, and yeah. Dean was bringing him off the bench, and it was all a bit of a farce, really. What's he yeah. like? I mean, you know, he obviously is very, very talented at this level.
0: Yeah, yeah, but see, that was that was the one thing, and that was the thing that I kind of didn't like because I thought John Rooney was a good player. I thought he, he works hard. He he wants to get better, um, and. With John Rooney, the thing about him, why he splits decisions, uh, splits opinions, sorry. He always wants, he wants to go on the ball every time. He wants to take it. He'll take it anywhere. He wants to try shots. And sometimes when you do that, it's not going to come off. And I think that's where he could maybe have a bad game or, or not do as well. But it's no for the want to try. And I think I would rather have somebody who takes chances in my team and has the balls, if they give it away five times in a row, has the balls to go and get it again than somebody who has 100% pass completion, but they only pass it two yards each side all the time. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where you, you see it a lot with stats nowadays in football. A lot it's extremely false because you could have somebody with 30% pass completion, but they've created three golden opportunities because they keep trying to Play like set up, and you could have somebody who's like I say who's got 100%, but they're they're not they're just passing it sideways, safe passes, and not doing anything with it. So I think he kind of came into that category. He, he took chances, um, and it was going to split opinions. Uh, but for me, he's, he's he's always double figures every year. He's double figures like for midfield. I don't think you can. I think that's a stat you can't argue with. And he wasn't for everybody. I know that, but I was I was surprised that. The way they try to let him go, you know, like I, I was just surprised, but uh, that's what it is, isn't
1: it? Yeah, he's one of those players. It might be a bit difficult to get the best out of, but like you said, if you you can harness that talent and build a, a team which utilises him, yeah. you're going to reap the rewards. And when I've been covering United this season, I've seen the same criticism. I know, okay, it's completely different, but yeah. like Bruno Fernandez, because his pass yeah. his pass completions in the sixty percent, but he's their top yeah. goal scorer, top assist maker. Because well,
0: and got- that, that that's my point exactly. Yeah. And you, you'll have somebody whose pass uh, completion will be up at ninety percent, but they'll have about three assists, if that. Do you know what I mean? And that—that that is where you've got to get the right stats. It's not just stats for thrown stats. So you—you could have a team that has thirty shots in a game, and you—you look, how did we not score the day for thirty shots? They could all be from the halfway line. Do you know what I mean? For all you know, like it, it's—that's where I, I feel stats cloud judgment of. Of fans and that. Listen, I can understand it. I've I've looked at matches and I, I remember I used to if I if I didn't see a game, it was usually the Rangers games. If I was playing on on a Saturday, um, I would look at and go, "How have they not won that? Like they, they've had twenty eight chances or, or shots on goal, and then you watch the highlights and all that. Oh well, they didn't really have any clear cut opportunities. Like so that's why they didn't win. But um, but no, I I, th- I think I, I liked him. I thought he was a good player. I thought he was. He was uh, I, I, and I think he's kinda he's done in terms of goals and assists, he's done that kinda consistently at that level.
2: Now I hope you're enjoying today's episode. As always, you can get in touch on our socials. Our Twitter is at RobRyanred. And our email address is RobRyanred at gmail And if you are new and this is your first Time listening to myself and Rich. Do go back and check out the old episodes. We've got Curtis Obeng talking about the 98 point season. We've had Adriana Mokon talking about working with Don Vose and Gary Mills. We've also had Adrian Chislevich on talking about the FA Trophy final. So do go back through the catalogue and check those. Right, back to the episode. Yeah, the stats, you do stats annoy players. Sorry, Rich. Do stats like irritate players? I know journalists we use them all the time, and I don't know if the, the, either do players pay much attention to them or do they really, really irritate you know, kind of people become very worried about oh, my, my passing is not this or you know, that kind of thing.
0: I, I think, I think, I think they do. I think, like, like, I say, it's like for me, I need if I need, if I'm going to score a goal, I'm not going to dribble past. Three players and put it in the top corner—that's not my game. So I need somebody crossing the ball. I need somebody who's going to take chances at playing through balls or or whatever. And I, I need that in my team. So see if I've, it's, if there's three players round about me and they're just doing safe things all the time. It's it's no good for me because then it's going to be me that gets it in the net. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, he hasn't. That's five games in a row. He's not scored. But I've not had a shot. I've not had a shot at goal. So how can I score? I've not had a chance. Do you know what I mean? So that's where stats can annoy players. And and um, I think they're good. It's but they need to be the right, be the right ones yeah I was going to say that it was you and John
1: Rooney linking up which saved my trip to Dover away I remember a one-all yeah. draw it was just yeah. so snowy it was like one of the worst away days I've ever done but you managed yeah. to, you got us the goal I, just about I came the off
0: back today. yeah
1: the old count. They all so far it's Dover
2: is so far Dover is
1: so yeah. so far I Bit went there and it. back on the Saturday it was horrible wow. it was but you know so what Like when,
2: I don't know Jordan will know this as well from having played for us but you know like, with all due respect to all the other teams when you come to the race course they must think it's such a big day out for them because you know we go to all these grounds that are just
0: mm-hmm.
2: sort of standing room only or just yeah. bit crap. You know, I, I mean,
0: yeah, and I, I think that's sometimes a problem why Wrexham don't have the best home record because it's probably it's probably the best ground in the division and everybody enjoys. See, see, when I I went to uh, Barrow the next season. I remember we came to Wrexham, I think it was three each, it finished. But see, because going there as an away player, I, I, I was buzzing for it because I, I knew it was a good pitch, it was a great stadium. like So I knew it was going to be good. like and, and I think you get that See, whereas on the flip side, teams would go to Barrow and be like, oh, you need to go to Barrow tonight. That's, do you know what I mean? On Tuesday night, you're like, oh, this is going to be terrible, it's going to be a windy. You're not in that mental state, whereas you know when you're going to Wrexham, this is going to be good. I'm going to play well because it's a good pitch, a good stadium, everything's kind of there. So it makes it harder for Wrexham in that league. It definitely does without I a shadow like, of doubt.
2: Was Adi Youssef in that Barrow team? or not? I can't remember. I mean, he, he, became, was, our yeah. sort of public, he became our public enemy number one this season when he obviously That's got right. off on the bus and left. I, yeah,
0: I, yeah. I seen that. I, I seen that. I was mental, but... Um, I I was know, I, play what, with, you know know i mean yeah. he,
2: he obviously got the, the offer from Chesterfield. it was deadline day wasn't it rich we were or well, we weren't but the team was on the way down to Eastleigh. yeah and i mean i i i've always i'm still trying to learn now the way it works agents and whatnot and all these conversations that i had family members and et cetera et cetera and yeah he got off. On the at the services and, and left and went to Chesterfield and became you know, that kind of pantomime villain of our season. But you know Addy yeah. and, and what, what, what can you you know how can you speak of him? You speak highly of him and your time with him
0: at Barrow. I, I, yeah, I got I got on with Addy well. I think um, I, I, he's a good lad and he he has a family man. And I think and maybe got so it goes back to what you were saying about the one year contracts I'm not. Was his contract finished? Or was it not? It
2: was, it, it was so, coming up to be... It, end of the season, he would have been out of End of the
0: season? Right, OK. Yeah, so this is in um, January. Right, OK. Um, so, they, all, they must... I, I don't know what he signed there. Was it a two or three yeah, year deal?
2: Yeah, they offered him some security. To, yeah. So, like so, I yeah, said, it comes uh, down to what uh, I said earlier. I think,
0: yeah, I think that's what it probably comes down to. And it was pro. It, there's every chance it was more money. Um, and that's why he, he was trying to push it through as well. Um, but, I mean... It's it's a hard one because I, I, I remember that happened and I thought Chesterfield must be doing all right in and the, and the league. and I looked at it and I thought they were well below Wrexham. I thought, and I, I did think at the time, I thought that's quite strange. I don't know if I'd have uh, done that myself, but at the end of the day, he's made a decision and he's thought he, he must have thought that was right for him and his family. So,
1: no, not with too much disrespect here to, to Barrow, but when you left English football, did you ever think that they'd be the team who got to the football league before Wrexham?
0: No, I can't believe it honestly like for me for me Barrow was one of the worst experiences of my life and that was in all fairness to Barrow now um it's different because they've got different owners different people running it but we had uh, we had American owners who I know obviously Wrexham have got the Americans in just now but they've actually got a business, a good business brain and everything. Like the, the guys that were running Barrow they didn't have a didn't have a clue. Honestly, it was the biggest it was the biggest shambles yeah, place ever and they were pump they were pumping money in and they must have been losing a fortune. Like it for what they were doing, they were, they just weren't doing the right things. Like they they thought they were um, but it was just oh it was it was really, really, really poor running it. I, I think I, I kind of know the guy that took over um, to kind of steady the ship, and like he's clued on and stuff, and it, it's no surprise that they've kind of went up the way. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure if they'd get promoted right enough, but fair play to them, they've done it.
2: Who helped you settle in the most, would you say, at Wrexham? I mean, obviously, you, you had bigger things to deal with, with, with the, yeah. the illness and whatnot, but who are the kind of, when you look back now at the memories, I mean, do you keep in touch with anyone? Do you follow anyone's career now that you particularly got on well with at the race course?
0: Yeah, the, the, probably the the one player um, that I actually still speak to now is Paul Rutherford. Um, got on with him well and um, always just, just thought he, he was a good guy. I thought he was a good player and... Um, obviously, this season has been his last, um, and I, th- I think he kind of found that difficult. Um, I think he was maybe getting messed about a wee bit near the end. Didn't know if he's coming or going, and and I think, it, 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 like you say, it plays in people's minds, and it was a shame to see that.
2: Such a shame the way it ended, Rich and and Jordan. With you know, he obviously comes on and he's known for his energy, yeah. and we desperately need it. James Horst has gone off and then he gets that red card, and you know that's not the way that he kind of wanted to bring an end. No, so and
0: it was... I, I actually I spoke to him after that game because I think mm. he was really. Um, I, I speak to some of his mates as well, and they were they were saying just to drop on my message because he was really kind of gutted about it. Um, he just didn't he didn't want to end. Obviously, his wrecking career like that at all. Um, but I think it was it was maybe just an an explosion of emotion um, that that maybe came out and he lost his lost his cool and and that happened. So it's it's a shame and that that's that's the knock on effect from having that uncertainty.
2: Have you spoken to him since he's since he's been released or you know kind of how he's dealing with? You know being at one club for such a long time is it's a big yeah. change and, and it's obviously a big disappointment yeah. for players that think they're gonna see out their yeah. career there, maybe.
0: Absolutely. And I think for for him as well, like he he was just signing one year after one year after one year. So he I think for him it's probably gonna be a bit less stressful because every year he's not hanging on, am I gonna get kept on? And it becomes frustrating as well because obviously Rexham started signing. After I left, they started signing people on two year contracts. And we'd see when you see that, and you're only getting offered a year after year after year, you're like, How's everybody else getting this? And it can play in your mind, and, it's, and, it, and it is it can become really draining at times.
1: I guess the, the way to sort of look at the end of the, this podcast, John, is when you do think of Wrexham in and your year there, like we said, a, a year that had so much happening in it, and one yeah. where you finished as our top goal scorer despite missing. Such a big chunk of the season. How do you reflect on your time in North Wales?
0: Uh, listen, I I loved it. I loved the I loved the club. I loved the fans. Uh, I I really did. And the, there's not many places that I've I maybe only played for for six months that I'd have a big affiliation with that club or or a big tie to them. Uh, but no, I, I really did. I, I've, they've always got a, kind of place for me, and I, I just I'd love to see them back in the back where they belong really Um, and hopefully hopefully this takeover is is just the start of it
2: my last point rich before before we wrap it up was we me and rich were saying before we came on that you know fans were so good i thought with your family i mean you know we don't often get much interaction with players families and whatnot obviously but i don't know did your family big move you moved away but the fan base really sort of took to your brother and and your dad and everyone
0: no, absolutely. I think listen, my my dad is my number one fan, and if somebody says something bad about me, he'll be the first to jump on it. And I always tell him just do it, just leave it because you're never going to going to win. But I think I think when I was down at Wrexham, like I said, when I when I had came back, I I wasn't giving everything that I could give, and my dad was probably just getting frustrated that people weren't seeing that because he was like ah, he knows I've got it in me, and. And he, he he loved it. He'd go to the he'd go to the pub. He'd get steaming before the games, and he would interact with the fans. And and I, that that's what really kind of drew me in as well. It was a real family club. And when you do, when he when he was like that, and he did interact with the fans, you can see kind of what you got back. And and that's where that's where it was really good. Yeah, he's one of
1: our own, and I guess that's that's the probably the best way to, to end this podcast you know Jordan I mean, like we said we've hopefully got a, a bright future ahead but as fans we'd all like to put on record our, our thanks to you as well for giving your all particularly in such emotional and, and, and difficult times for you and there'll always be a seat welcome for you at the race course if you and your family want to come back
0: no absolutely and hopefully hopefully it'll be in the EFL sooner rather than later
1: yeah, all the Scottish Challenge
2: Cup again, if we ever get invited, I do It's like yeah, I know. Get back the, in the tunnecks. Yeah, the <laughs> Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. can only echo what Rich said. And as always, Rich, the you know you can find us on Twitter at Rob Ryan Red. You can let us know who you would like to hear from. Well, there are loads of players that we'd love to get on, aren't there, Rich? And if you want to email us, you can email us, robryanred at gmail.com. There you go, Rich. Mm-hmm. I don't have to leave you to fumble it or you know no awkward sign offs no yeah, so yeah is.
1: as always please do leave a like subscribe if you're not already please do leave us a review as well that helps the channel grow and as always we'll see you again next time it's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order muck delivery now on the mcdonald's app you in Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.